It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden, my friends. This is, this is the fourth Saturday after my 25th year anniversary, which still seems a little weird. Nonetheless, we're here. We're starting on our 26th year of the Lawn and Garden Show here in Atlanta. If you are outside the Atlanta area, we love getting calls from people way far away. And sometimes just accidentally, maybe turning the dial somewhere in Canada, somewhere in Arkansas, somewhere in Florida, if you are listening to us from far away and have a garden question or just want to say hello, that's fine. 404-872-0750. That's the number on Lawn and Garden. Or if you have a garden question and you're here in Atlanta or in Metro Atlanta or if you're anywhere within the sound of my voice, 404 872 it's been sort of a rainy last day. It was rainy earlier in the week, rainy today. I'm heard, hearing that it's going to rain for a couple more days, maybe a couple more weeks. One of the things, though, that I want to talk about is Ashley Frasca, actually Frasca, my beloved call screener, who sadly did not have a very great day earlier this week. Ashley, what happened to you? Valentine's Day of oh, all days. Thursday. I get up, I leave the house in Woodstock at about 3.45 every morning to get here for traffic. Right. And um, I live up in the sticks. So getting on to the interstate, a buck runs in front of my car. A deer, a buck. A yeah, male, oh, a the antlers. I mean, big yeah. guy. Okay. And um, so I'm getting on to the interstate. And he comes from the driver's side. So he ran oh, yeah. across the southbound lanes right. of 575, impacted me like on the front corner of the driver's side of my car, a ton of damage. I mean, I was I was okay. No other cars were involved or anything. Right. And he got up and walked away. Walked away. Yeah, he he laid there in the the ramp lane. Yeah. And so with my car, just I could hear all the pieces falling off. But I moved my car <laughs> to where I pulled in front of him so I could kind of protect his body. I had my yeah. hazards on. That way, people coming on the ramp wouldn't run into <clears throat> him. Yeah. And then as soon as the police showed up, it was actually kind of funny. Holly Springs police pulled up behind me, and he saw those blue lights. He stood up and ran back into the woods. You think he was drunk? He had an outstanding <laughs> warrant or something. I don't know. I mean, the timing was crazy. <laughs> Been to a bar somewhere and was trying to get home, and... All of a sudden, there's these lights, and he runs in front of them, and bang! And then he sees the blue lights, and think, "Man, I don't need to be here." And he was—he didn't carry insurance. I mean, it was just <laughs> oh, a bad no. morning for him. <laughs> oh man, Ashley, I'm so sorry. This is the time of year that that male deer smell something in the air, and it is female deer, which have a pheromone. You know what pheromones are—the smell that uh, that animals use to communicate with each other, and. One of the strongest pheromones for deer and for other animals is the pheromone for <clears throat> S-E-X. And so the buck who ran out in front of you was not thinking about you. He was thinking about there's something that smells really, really good on the other side of the freeway. And he went all the way across 575? Yeah. he. he I, I mean, I, I don't. it was so dark. I don't know if he had been hanging out in the grassy median or what, but yeah. he came across the two southbound lanes and then into my lane ramping onto the interstate. So he was brave. But there wasn't a lot of folks out, so... 
I was, you know, exactly in the right place at the right time to make contact with him. Mm, mm, mm. But I, I'm used to seeing them with the hours that I come in. And even sure. on a Saturday morning, you know, heading down here at 515, we see them in our backyard at dusk at night, you know, big groups of them. Yeah. But I mean, early in the morning, two, three, four o'clock, it's nothing for me to see them grazing on the side of the interstate. Well, I hate it on the interstate because the interstate, you're going fast. I mean, it's 60 miles an hour. Out in the country, 40, 45, maybe, maybe not quite the impact you'd have on the expressway, but yeah, 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 yeah. So word to the wise, word to the drivers listening right now, be careful. Look on either side of the highway, wherever you are, on the interstate or on the country roads, wherever you are, if you see deer, and again, they're moving right now, the male deer particularly, the female deer getting chased by the male deer can jump out in front of you as well. Be careful. Watch. Be close. And, you know, sadly enough, there's the main deer problem I think a lot of gardeners have is deer eat their hydrangeas and their roses and their various daylilies and other things. For that, sometimes you can put repellents out. You can put uh, electric fence. There's several different things you can do to keep deer from eating your plants. Not all of them are all that effective. Some are more than others, perhaps. But as far as a deer smelling a female deer, a buck smelling a female deer, and thinking, i got to go find her, she really smells attractive to me. That's something, as many of you gentlemen who are listening right now know, is a very, very strong urge, and you will run out in front of the cars on the highway <laughs> in order to... In order to, well, I felt that way sometimes before. Perhaps a little alcohol was involved, but I have felt very attracted to people when perhaps I shouldn't have and uh, put myself in danger's way, shall we say. James is in McDonough. Hopefully he's not running into a deer at this moment, but James joins us on Lana Garden. Hey, James, good morning. James? Oh. This is uh, in reference to the last weekend conversation that yeah. you and I spoke and about my cherry blossom tree that I'd been pruning. Oh, yeah, right, Got it James. all pruned and everything up and raked all the the uh, malt, black mulch out from the ground. Because you had a bunch of uh, plastic um, weed barrier underneath the tree. The barrier, weed barrier spread all over yeah. from the previous uh, doing it. and But it's five or six years older, older and a lot of the de- decayed, uh, black mulch is on mm, top of it, and it's sure. got all these little spreader roots, thousands and thousands <laughs> of them from the tree yeah. uh, grown up through it. Uh, and it's got an inch or two of uh, decayed mulch on top of it. And plants and probably can, can grow down into the mulch from on top, too, so you have two attacks on that plastic plastic weed barrier from the bottom, from the tree roots, from the top, from weeds and things that might grow on top of there. So, yeah, I understand the situation. I got all the weeds out. That's not the problem. It's just a little runner <laughs> root from the tree. So can I just put the fertilizer on top of that, or do I need to pull all that weed barrier up, then fertilize it, pull it and up. then put it back down? Nah, pull it up and throw it away. Uh, James, uh, okay. I mean the the reason I say that is the same reason I think I've used for a lot of people is it's a plastic weed barrier. Number one is not all that good at repelling weeds anyway, because like you ran into, the stuff deteriorates, the weeds can, can germinate in it from above, tree roots from below will grow up into it and tangle up into the plastic holes of the barrier, and that makes it a mess, number one. But number two, and more importantly maybe, 
is that weed barriers interfere with air going back and forth to the roots. They interfere with moisture going back and forth to the roots. They interfere with fertilizer going back and forth to the roots. And you're about to put this milorganite on your tree to fertilize it. And I suppose, yeah, you could put it on top and some of it would go through the weed barrier. But I think ultimately the tree is going to be better off, James, if you pull the weed barrier out completely, put the milorganite down, put mulch on top of that, chips or straw or I don't care what you use, but some mulch on top of that without the plastic and let that be the way to care for the tree. Okay. Well, that's what I'll do because I'm, uh, it's going to rain. We're talking, they're talking six to eight inches of rain within the next week down here. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll just have to wait till I can get a halfway decent day and then get it all up. I think that's the best advice. That's exactly right. And then after I do that, is put the stuff down, put the mulch back on it, and then put the spray the tree with that dacanil that you yeah. were telling me. Yeah, to keep the leaf spot off of it. James, I think that's exactly what you need to do. I think the tree will be a lot happier if you'll do that for them. Thanks for calling, James. Let's go to Bryce in Gainesville, Georgia. Hey, Bryce, morning. Hey, good morning, and congratulations on your 25 years. I didn't realize I've been listening to you that long. 25 plus four, four, Bryce. What's going (laughs) on? Well, hey, okay, I've got just about a a great question for a final exam on some sort of agricultural class. But uh, what I have here is I've got about three quarters of an acre that was completely destroyed whenever we had to install a new septic system. And what I'm left with is all rock and red clay. Um, it points about due south, and uh, I'm in a valley, and I've got tall white oaks and hickory on both sides. Uh, but in the summertime, I mean, the sun just blazes down on yeah. this area. Yeah. And uh, long term, what I want to do is is kind of replant it in uh, uh, native trees and some more mental things. But uh, I have to do it incre- incrementally, and I'm thinking the first thing I need to do is get this thing up. Uh, you know, graded and get all these rocks up, things like that. And I'm just wondering, is the best idea, cheapest idea right now is to go down uh, with Bermuda? And kind of, can you help me out a little bit here? I think you're right on the right track, because in the summertime when it's blazing hot sun, Bermuda is about your only choice, really. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Something tough. Do you want to do seed or sod, Bryce? Well, I was going to ask that question. I'm not sure which way to go there. How big is the area, did you say? Well, uh, it's about three-quarters of an acre, probably about uh, 150 feet from side to side. How much, and, how much money uh, do you have? <laughs> so, uh, well, see, that's what it, one I wrote down as constraints, budget. Yeah, yeah budget is the thing. <laughs> Bryce, either but, way, yeah. you know, we don't have much time to go into the details of how to do it, but if you go on my website, just type the word Bermuda sod. There's a whole series of things that I've written about how to put in Bermuda from seed. You won't do that until sometime in May, I guess. First week or two in May is when you put down Bermuda seeds because it's warmer then. Sod, you could put down now if you want to, and as long as you don't let it dry out between now and warming up time in April. So I think budget, your first thing on your list there is exactly right. Why, how much can I afford? Can I put the sod down now? Do I have the time to grade it and level it off and put the sod down? Or do I want to put ryegrass out now and maybe get a little bit of greenery out there? kill the rye, and put out Bermuda in May, one or the other will work for you. But again, on my website, WalterReeves.com, just type in a couple of words, Bermuda and sod. I think that'll take you exactly what you, what you need to know. 
The 619 will be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Leaves are falling all around. Time I was on my way. It's going to build up. It's going to come on. Here he goes. Garden music. Based on Jason Byers' experience of what would make me happy on a Saturday morning, with a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Light showers now, cloudy, drizzly all day, high of 63, low of 47, rain, rain, and uh, might have a little rain for variety on Sunday, high of 60, low of 50. Then your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. David and Noonan, if we can get through this pretty quickly, David, you can be on your way and get out of here. What's going on, David? Yeah, I got some stumps yeah. sitting right next to the road on some trees I just cut. But yeah. underneath those stumps, I've got a gas line and a water line. Oh. I can't tear them out. Yeah. And anybody that's come out to look at it to grind it won't touch it. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> is there anything else I can do to get that stuff out of there? Nope. Nope. Grinding is it. There's no chemical, no... No, nothing. Even the chemicals that say stump remover, if you read the label, David, it says put this stuff in there and then set it afire. And that's not above a gas line. I don't think that's such a smart idea. Yeah, it's probably so, not going to do it. Uh, this, I mean, you could hand dig it. That would be your other alternative, but it ain't a good alternative, David. So I think you cut them down as low as you can and uh, ignore them after that. All right, I appreciate it. I wish there were a better answer, but there is not a way of accelerating that deterioration of the stumps. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't work that way. Six twenty-eight at News Talk WSB. Next half hour, Rick and Doraville wants to get some screening plants to plant. Mike and Thompson have the pecan tree. He's not giving him any pecans, and that's not what he expects. Our number is four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 59, no, 60 degrees outside right now. Very warm for a February day. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Rees. I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape or in your garden or your house plants or whatever you want to do. If it has to do with the plant, I'm your man. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. From Connecticut, James joins us. Hey, James, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I listen to you um, every Saturday morning. From Connecticut? 
Yeah, I'm an over-the-road truck driver, so I'm all over the place. Wow, look I at that. I see you on the WFB radio app. Oh, man, that's great, James. And for people here in Atlanta who want to know how to get the latest traffic, weather, you know, news updates, the WSB radio app can be downloaded to your phone. And, James, anywhere in the United States, you've got a little signal. You can listen to us, too. Yeah, most of the time I'm good. Uh, sometimes I'm in uh, West Virginia and yeah. no signal, so you can't listen without Internet. <laughs> well, I used to, James, this has been ooh, 20 years ago now, had a regular caller from West Virginia who lived on the side of a mountain that just happened to be where our signal would bounce up and bounce back down again. And he and I would have long conversations about gardening in West Virginia around 6.30, 6.35 then. So back then it was just plain old, you know, wave technology that got your, your signal up there. With you with the Internet and the, you know, connectivity of phones now, you can listen wherever you are, wherever you are. Yep. James, Absolutely. Great I enjoy listening to you, Walter. I usually start early with O'Neill, but oh, yeah. uh, then I run right into you. And uh, I'm driving right now, got the headset on, yeah. like you use in the helicopters. Good. So <laughs> I'm not distracted driving. But uh, yeah, I'm about to run into a, lo uh, a drop. But uh, I sent you a picture a couple of years ago. Uh, don't use uh, Miracle Grow. The regular on your tomato plants because it makes them taller. Oh it's man, kind of does it make them grow like kudzu? <laughs> it makes them look right. like kudzu. It was it was the top of my porch. At... Whoops, let me get back here. Yeah, I understand. Well, James, it's great talking to you. Drive safely. Back up real close right there. Don't run into the dock, and we will see you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll see you soon. We got Rick in Doraville who joins us. Hey, Rick. Morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing great, Rick. What you got? Good. Uh, one quick high compliment for the your screener. I can't call her name. Ashley. She Ashley, actually, my great friend. Ashley. She actually, the deer run into her, yeah. and her first good country thought was to protect the poor deer there. <laughs> that just breaks my heart about to cry. Thank yeah, you, Ashley. Yeah, yeah. Ashley's a tender-hearted <laughs> person. She surely is. She is a sweetheart. Even though it was $3,000 worth of damage to her car, the deer had that, to be protected. <laughs> that was that. what comes first. God's creatures. So, car can be fixed. So you want some screening, Rick? Is that what you want to plant Yeah, now? I've got on two different sides. I need tall on one side of my yard and then yeah. some short on a little hill next to the road. Hmm. How long of how many plants do you think you'll have? Two or twenty or what's what do you think the uh, Well, I'm on a screen on the upper side to tall on my house about oh anywhere from at least fifty feet to seventy five feet. Okay. So if you want to go completely boring, but like everybody else, Rick, Leland Cypress yes. is the one that everybody else uses. Leland Cypress, cheap, easy. It'll right. really do a good really do a good job for you, Rick, as long as you plant it correctly at the beginning. Go if you want to go on my website and see some details, but you really, really need to get some wide roots on it. Loosen the soil around it when you plant it because if you don't do that, they tend to fall over in about ten years. So Sure, nice sure. big wide area for the roots to get anchoring in. And so Leland's are cheap and easy. If you want to do a little bit more interesting there, get a couple of hollies. Burford holly, for instance, is two or three yeah, hollies. Yeah, now they're actually, nice. this side, uh, I've got a 
lack of a better way, I told Ashley, I got a commercial property next door to me that yeah. a couple of years ago, they cleaned out their woods next to them right up to my fence. And I, I, I lost my buffer between us. Yeah. And I just want to put something, anything over there. I'm actually going to plant it in their yard. Yeah, I think Leland Cypress is number one, Burford Holly yeah. number two. And for the low things, Rick, um, mm-hmm. uh, arborvitae is a really easily planted plant could, and seems to do pretty well there. Arborvitae, or it could be some more hollies, too, if you want to do that way. Arborvitae? Arborvitae, yeah. Arborvitae, they call it. Go okay, to Arbor, how do you spell vitae? V-I-T-A-E, vitae. the three of those rick you're going to get most of the screening yeah, okay. that you need they're fast growing it's evergreen you know dark green and all that kind of stuff i think they're going to be your three to choose from i know you don't want to spend bunches and bunches of money there if you wanted to spend a bunch of money we got other kind of tall evergreens that go in there and cost a hundred dollars a piece but that's not what you know, what Doraville needs right now. You need something a little less expensive. Leland's, Holly, Arborvitae, run into a nursery. I think any nursery, Pike Nursery, of course, would be happy to happy to serve your needs, Rick. Thanks so much for calling. we got Mike and Thomason. Mike, you're not getting any pecans. You don't pecan pie or anything. No, I ain't had none in like four years or more. Yeah. <laughs> not one. <laughs> How, did the tree used to have nuts on it? Oh, yeah, we had two. Uh, we got like two different kinds of pecan trees, yeah. and we usually had one or the other put out, but the past couple of years we hadn't had any, well, not one single pecan. Do the nuts actually form, or do you get nuts on the tree? No, there's been no nuts at all. What I, I couldn't understand because when we first started, yeah. uh, when we moved out, we was getting them by the shovelfuls, you know? Yeah, that's weather-related. That's the freeze in the spring that sometimes comes at the... Just the wrong time when pecan trees, blueberries, apples, peaches, all of them. You don't think of a pecan needing or, or being successful to cold weather, but they are. And if it freezes or it rains really hard during the time that the flowers, the panicles are not really called panicles. What do they call The little thing that hang down, sort of drippy down out of the ends of the branches. Those can get damaged and washed off the tree. And if you don't have them, yeah, you don't have any pecans. I hear you. Not much you can do about it. I mean, I'm just saying, you can't cover the tree, you can't warm the tree, you can't do anything like that. But that, if you don't get any pecans, then that's the problem. It's pollination and just nut formation didn't happen. If you said, oh, yeah, Walter, I got lots of pecans, but they're all little and black and rotten inside, that's a different thing completely. That's a disease called scab. Very, very common on pecan trees and more related then to rain in the early summer. So for you, Mike, I think you keep your fingers crossed. Hope the weather stays relatively mild for the wintertime and that you have a nice, warm, you know, sunny spring, and you'll have pecans. But that's what okay. you need is good, All right. mild weather. Yeah. It doesn't freeze. Fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, Mike, have you fertilized these pecans recently? I hadn't. We, we had really never fertilized them. All right. We need to fertilize. That's the thing to do next. How thick do you think the trunk of the tree or one of these trees is, Mike? Uh, well, some of them's relatively probably like 10 inches. Then we got some big, big pecan trees. Right. Just probably couldn't put your arm around them, you know? All right. Well, it doesn't have to be exact. We go out and just look at them and say, yeah, it's about 10 inches thick. That was about 22 inches thick. Every inch signifies a pound of 10, 10, 10. 
That's what it means. So if you have a 10-inch thick tree, 10 pounds of 10, 10, 10 in a bucket, go out and scatter it underneath the tree in, well, about right now, February or March, before the leaves start expanding. And yeah, that's what another, I was thinking. Another good. time in June, May or June, somewhere in there. And do that twice a year for a couple of years, and you will definitely have a bigger tree, more leaves on the tree, with more leaves on the tree, more pecans on the tree, hopefully. So fertilize this year and next year and see if we don't get something, something going for you. All right. I appreciate it. Mike, it's great talking to you. Drive safely, my friend. We need to have you around. We've got time for the other Mike, the Mike down in Sonoy, don't we? Hey, Mike. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Mike. I'm fine. What's going on? Well, yeah, the last guy kind of hugged my memory about a question I've always wondered about. We're persimmons. And, you know, I'm a deer hunter. I've got places to where I have persimmon trees that every year are, yeah. are you know, big-time producers. Some are sporadic and some never produce. And is there anything that I can do to uh, change that? Well, <laughs> the ones that never produce, Mike, if you recognize the leaves on a persimmon tree and say, well, that just never has any fruit on it, it is because it is a male tree. It is because okay. persimmons have to have a male and a female in order to make fruit on the female. The male just flowers, contributes pollen to the end of the story. So that's why some don't have fruit. Um, and then you got sort of the roller coaster, too, sometimes with pecans as well as apples and other fruiting trees. The, the whole process of putting fruit and nuts on a tree can exhaust a tree. And so it spends the next year sort of recovering, recovering its energy so you can put on another load of fruit or nuts or whatever. So it's possible even that female trees would do a roller coaster up and down and up and down, depending on how the weather goes and how many fruit they had on last year and things like that. So with that understanding, Mike, some years we get good pecan, good persimmon uh, harvest, and the deer will have lots to eat, and some years you won't have much. But you sort of have to roll with the punches. Not much you can do about it. So you can you can fertilize a male tree all you want to. You're never going to see a persimmon. <laughs> I can make okay. a lot of comparisons between you and me, Mike, but I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, I, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll stay clear of those analogies, too. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Mike. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750. The number of Law and Garden will be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. At 6.53, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much a four-letter word for the next couple of days, R-A-I-N. Light showers this morning, cloudy, drizzly all day, high of 63, low of 47. Rain tomorrow on Sunday, high of 60, low of 50. The full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I discovered a new thing that I can do with my Alexa smart speaker in my bedroom. If it's not raining quite hard enough to put me back to sleep, if I wake up during the middle of the night, I can say, Alexa, play thunder. And Alexa will come on and say, playing thunder nature sounds brought to you by Amazon Music. And you get these soft thunder, boom, 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 bo
Alexa, play WSB News. And you listen to the WSB News while you're laying there in the bed and all you had to do is open your mouth and say a few words. I think those smart speakers, they're going to... They're going to stick around. They're good things. Ellen in Woodstock has a puzzle going on right now. Hey, good morning. Hey, Ellen. Do you have an Alexa or a smart speaker anywhere? I don't, but I wish I did. (laughs) Oh, boy, they are fun, fun, fun. You can play music. You can play games. You can get the news. Oh, man, great. How can I help, Ellen? What's going on? Well, first of all, I want to pay a compliment. I think I've been listening to you probably uh, every one of those 25-plus years. Really? Almost what were you now? doing 25 years ago? Where were you going? <laughs> I was just hanging around, just listening hanging to out. the radio. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but this first time I've called. Well, good Lord. Well, in all 25 years, you did not ever have the courage to call me up and just talk to me on the phone in the morning. No, I got most of my answers uh, just listening. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what's your question this morning? Maybe we can teach show. someone else. What? Yeah, it's um, it's mostly a curiosity yeah. question. I hope uh, you don't mind me doing this, but uh, I just wanted to know the name of this tree. It's uh, the most beautiful tree, and it's in the winter time. It doesn't lose its leaves. Oh and yeah, you see them in the woods everywhere. They're kind of a creamy color yep. to a caramel color, and um, I think they just dot the the forest. You know, and the trees on the roadside and everything. They're so pretty. They surely are. You know are. what what. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, heck yeah. A lot of people have noticed that and thought, what is that tree? I want, I wish somebody would ask Mr. Reeves on the radio Saturday morning, what is that tree that's sort of brown, tan, so very pretty in the wintertime yeah. underneath the big trees? It is yeah. American Beech, B-E-E-C-H, American Beech. Mer- I'm sorry, American what? Beech. B-E-E-C-H. Beech. Oh, Beech tree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't get very tall, very no. big. Some of, some of them do, but... I think God just made a beautiful tree to decorate the forest in the winter. Beautiful bark <laughs> if you get up close to a big one. And it's all limited by by light, Ellen. When you have uh-huh. the overstory of hickories and poplars and maples and such, the beech just stays little. They stay 10 to 15 feet tall. That's where they stay is yep. in size. As soon as one of the big trees falls down, though, and lots of light is put onto the beach, up they go. Right. And they have that beautiful smooth bark on them, too. Oh yeah, all right. Well, I tell everybody about them. I, I just think they're just beautiful, and I just say, "You got to notice these trees. They're beautiful." So <laughs> oh, I, from now on, on, but they say, "Well, what do you call it?" I say, "I don't know." Well, now <laughs> you do. Now you do, Alan. You say that is an American beach. I have it on good authority. That nice man on the radio. And Alan, please call again. I'd love to hear from you once again. It's just like talking on the phone. The numbers you dial to get into me is four zero four eight seven two. 0750. We'll be back right after news.